0: Yes, so it's a big discography, so he's been at it.
1: He's recorded shitloads of albums.
2: in it
0: Are you
1: the Daddy K? I'm Daddy K.
0: Are you going as far? <laughs> we got P. Diddy, <laughs> We got Matthias Daddy K. Reynoldson. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, Chief Astronaut. Always good, to,
0: always good to record here. We've done a lot of episodes here. Mm-hmm. And we're continuing with the 70s miscellaneous Martin
1: Birch. Yeah, we are. So I think we've talked a bit about uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac we mentioned the appalling peter green album the end of the game which was engineered and edited together by martin birch now enjoy a minute of that absolute crap
0: That was for the listener. yeah I just played the absolute crap, but yeah, we didn't like it.
1: No, it's uh, uh we just uh, didn't. It wasn't good. It lacks direction. I it like just, improvised music. Yeah, but it's but just it was shit. It's
2: <laughs> yeah, it's shit.
0: <laughs> Sometimes it's just so much time saved by just saying that the simple, straight fact. It was shit. Yeah. So, but I'm not blaming either for that. It, it was shit. And it, it's okay. So now, where are we?
1: Now we're moving in a very different direction.
0: Okay. Are we moving sideways?
1: We're moving uh, to a... Uh, Forward, uh, backward. We're, mo- we're still in... This is 1970. 1970. And it's another band he worked with. Uh, and he recorded two albums with a band from, I think, Scotland called Vegas mm-hmm. Opera. Vegas Opera. And the first one in from 1970 is, is called Act One, Cunningly Enough.
0: Act one, Atto Primo, Let's... as I did for Phantom of the Opera. Atto yeah. Primo and Atto Secondo.
1: So I think we should just listen to the first one.
0: Beggars Opera, right? Mm. Not spiritual beggars from nope. Holland. No, no. They're good. Very good. Talked about that last time we met. The, the Greek, a.k.a. Apollo. Apollo. Backup singer for your band. Perhaps. <laughs> Who knows? Plan B. <laughs> good plan B, you got it. Oh, <laughs> probably as good as Martin Birch's Plan B, whenever he got the nickname. Okay, so I'm looking at the discography here of Beggars <coughs> Opera, and we're going way back, I guess. Yeah, Act One. Act One. Uh, all the way down. Hopefully, if, yeah, uh, yeah, yes, yes. Do you have a song of choice or the first one? First one is called uh, Past and Present. No. My, my contact lenses are acting up. It's poet and peasant, not past and present. <laughs> Rhymes nicely, though. <laughs> <laughs> you must have had a lot of fun in the studio in those years.
1: I think there's a bit of an intro to this one. Will and Tell? Is this too theatrical? Yeah, it's... Perhaps it is. When I listened to this, first I was a bit intrigued and thought it was... It caught my ear. It's a bit stupid, isn't it?
0: It's like Deep Purple without hard rock. Yeah. At this point, I can dig though. I get a bit of that Hanson and Carlson feeling.
2: Yeah.
0: It's kind of like adventurous because they want to be adventurous, but they aren't enough adventurous. That's what I hear. Like they want to be adventurous, yeah. but it sounds tame. Okay, so if we go into production. I'm not amazed by it. The drums are buried behind. The organ is way up front in the left and in the right. The snare sounds wrongfully panned. The production I'm less into than the music yeah. actually. What do you think?
1: Martin was just the engineer for this album. Ah, so he probably didn't decide that all no. panning. Because the pan job here is not good.
2: So. See the Have you seen the poets? Using pen and paper, he's got so wisdom. So can I can't can can this.
1: I think that the, mind the mind problem with with the album, I would uh-huh. say, is that it has loads of long solos. And I but would, the, imagine, but I the would so, imagine, but the songwriting isn't that good. So I mean, I, I, at first I was intrigued and, uh, like I said, it caught my ear. Yeah. But listening to one song, two songs, and by third and fourth, I was like just I, I i couldn't care that kind of ring,
0: rings true with my idea that they are they're projecting a more adventurous sound than they have yeah. you know it sounds like oh intriguing adventurous yeah. band but it's not that adventurous i mean not really like it's pretty w- tame
1: when we talk about british progressive we don't talk about Vegas Opera.
0: No, we talk about Genesis, we, we talk, talk about uh, yes. King Crimson, yes.
1: Yeah, Thundergraph yeah. Generator. Van de but, but, but we don't really talk about Vegas Opera. And we I might even talk about
0: The Giant, yeah. but we're not going to talk about Beggars Opera now.
1: No, because they don't have any good songs. We'd much basically. rather talk
0: about the spiritual beggars then.
1: We recorded this, the second album, uh, "The Waters of Change," which came out uh, the year after, in '71. Mm-hmm. Which, which has, m- which is more, much more song orientated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not that good either. Silver, pe- Silver
0: Peacock. Here we go. Again, it's pretty tame. They've been reading their classical sheets. It's not rough enough. Like even Genesis, it's I mean, a pretty slick band, but they're more rough than this.
1: The first album there are a few songs that are more intense and more, right. more harsh.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm I'm gonna stop it here. Let's not uh, let's not give them another oh. chance. Sorry, Beggar's Opera. Uh, I was thinking about one thing. I saw the title Silver Peacock. I think we all know the Butterfly Ball album produced mm-hmm. by Roger Glover, mm-hmm. but with a lot of musicians that we will encounter. Mo Foster on the bass, yeah. Dio on the voice, mm-hmm. for example. Les Binks on drums. Les Binks on drums. And um, there was a follow-up to that particular fable. It was something in the story of the peacock or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Gordon Giltrap did that. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. Gordon Giltrap is all over the place. Yeah, He even followed up, you know... Story-wise, followed up the Butterfly Ball yeah. with Mo Foster still in there, pumping the bass. It's like uh, these weird fables that make pretty good rock and roll. Though. Yeah. But we'll get to Dio in uh, next episode or the one after, I yeah. think.
1: So another band he he did like three albums for from 1970 up till 72 was uh, by a band called the Groundhogs, which is another one of these uh, British hard blues rock bands. Uh, the first album from 1970 is called Thanks Christ for the Bomb. The mm-hmm. second in 1970 is called Split. And in 72 uh, they put out Who Will Save the World. And uh, Martin, our friend, is the engineer for these albums.
0: Anything we should sample?
1: You could just put on something from the first album just so we get a picture, an idea of what... What it sounded like.
0: Yeah, and uh, what year are we in?
1: 1970. Thanks, Christ, for the bomb.
0: Should I go open a track again? Remember. Strange town. Where they drink plasma wine.
2: a <laughs> strange around Strange.
1: Again, one example where I wouldn't have heard Birch, unless I knew. I think the band was more or less one man called Tony McPhee, who was the, like, the main character. Main. I can dig this, kind of hash rock, you know? Yeah. With a bit of that Indian flavor. I think uh, the, the last album of these three, Who Will Save The World, is more ambitious, but it's, it's very boring. This at least has some sort of spark to it.
0: Oh yeah, it was quite raw, punky sounding, mm-hmm. and again, not much of the Martin Birch stamp there. Not for me. Is it more in the latter records?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say so. Let's move on. Yeah. Then he also did a few albums that I can't find on. Uh, I can't find it on Spotify. I can't find it uh, uh, on the internet. I can't find it on YouTube. Uh, there was one uh, band called Steam Hammer, uh, blues rock, slight proggy kind of... British. Yes, yeah, British. I'm much. guessing
0: he didn't work with Americans at all at this time.
1: No, he didn't. The next uh, artist or band rather is quite interesting. It's from 1971. It's a band called Stack Ridge. To me, this was a completely new... I have never heard of Stackridge. Stackridge, Stack
0: Ridge. And you have told me about this and have completely forgotten. Stack Ridge
1: Stack Ridge And uh, it was the first album Called Stack Ridge mm?
0: So this song um, uh, Grand Piano Could that just be an intro Should I yeah. Skip to Percy the Penguin perhaps yeah. Sticking with the penguinish. <laughs> now I recognize This sound again yeah. From our early examples He's a very good Acoustic guitar recorder
2: Yeah. Percy. This is pretty cool, like indie
1: rock, almost. You know, listening to the fir- it's fir- not blues rock. It's not blues rock, no. It's it's quite froggy, and it r- sort of reminded me of Gentle Giant a bit. Yeah. But I- again, the problem is when you listen to the whole album, it's it's quite boring. Okay. Actually, in the end. But it sounds good, and this was uh, recorded at the same time as Fireball, the Purple album. Okay. It was running back and forth, putting up mics and whatnot.
0: Waves on the beach. Is it a melodic um, percussive instrument? Probably That's a really a string, good question. A probably string instrument, yeah. but it has the quality of like a super high-tuned marimba or something. Intriguing. I would still say it's quite indie rock sounding, because, you know, it's not going for muscle. The waves again
1: pick another song
0: sure same album
1: yeah it's the only one he did so
0: all right i'm gonna pick a song called slark it's a funny title yeah flute time
1: Slark was i think their hit or single oh, even really? so there's a
0: very nordic sounding swedish yeah. sounding
1: and I think it's that they use different uh, instruments that reminds me of Gentle Giant.
0: This is also very well recorded. Yeah. Can you listen to the acoustic in the right speaker. Super nice. Quite not too much cut of uh, bass cups. It has a bit of bass in it. So you get like a heavy leaning to the right. And then it's a flute and a string.
2: Careering along in my creosote car from Kibble to Ken, I didn't get very far.
0: Drive Oak. No surprise. Me. Yeah. In a good
2: way. A
0: I would probably have changed his yeah, voice. It sounds really good, I yeah. Super close uh, proximity sound of his voice. This is really good.
1: I would say that I this, like this. This album, 1971. Is perhaps his first really like, if I would say like high-end engineering? You know,
0: I would totally call this high-end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. brand standard or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, full quality. Absolutely. Well, most of what we listen to so far has been exception. Perhaps uh, Beck Ola. That sounded very crude, harsh, harsh and crude. Yeah. Gordon Giltrap was somewhat towards this, yeah. but I think this, this is a, a, a step up, yeah, a notch above.
1: And uh, I mean, the, the second Gordon Giltrap album we recorded, uh, Testament of Time, is from the same year, 1971 Two.
0: By the way, Slark, we played two minutes now, it's 14 minutes.
1: Yeah, it's really long. A- apparently there's some sort of uh, single edit <laughs> yeah. of the song somewhere. 14 minutes, man. But uh, the, the problem is, this whole album is pretty forgettable. All right. It yeah, doesn't I really will stick. trust you on that. And yeah. listening to so it,
0: you, need, you would have needed more hooks.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, quite a few. Uh, uh, any would have. And I wouldn't. Done.
0: Say, I wouldn't <laughs> say you're super greedy with hooks either. Not really. I know people that are more greedy. <laughs> yeah. They want more. Give me more hooks. But if you don't get enough hooks, it's probably not enough hooks. Oh. I wouldn't think.
1: It's just a bit boring. But I mean. Mm. Like I said, style-wise, it reminds me of Gentle Giant, and it reminds me uh, a fair bit of The Beatles also.
0: Excellent recording.
1: uh, Excellent recording, but not that good, basically.
0: I'll take your word for it. Uh, We heard two bits now. The first one didn't really intrigue me that much, but it did sound pretty cool in indie, and then the beginning of Slark I really liked. Mm. But does it hold up for 40 minutes? Uh, Is it the one big good song? Who knows? You know probably, I don't.
1: It doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. But it doesn't. (laughs) Anyway. Martin Birch, Summer Special. Same year, 1971. Uh, he recorded a band called Skid Row. Yeah, you heard right. He recorded Skid Row in 71. Sebastian Bach was not there. He wasn't, but Gary Moore was. Oh, that's, yeah. Well, that's weird. Yeah. Again, weird. So this was a, we, uh, an I, Irish I, band. Pretty young then, like 20? I, Irish band. Went to Darlene Lee to record in London. And uh, the album is called 34 Hours. He was just the engineer, but he... On the, on the sleeve of the album, he gets a shout-out as thanks for great engineering by Martin Birch, something like that. Mm. But uh, the album, 30, 34 Hours,
2: mm,
1: perhaps not uh, that good. It's a bit schizophrenic. It's blues rock, mm-hmm. but it has jazz parts, and all of a sudden, there's a country song.
0: Slightly improvised, perhaps? Because uh, I look at the track list, it's just six songs, extremely varying in length, yeah. which could... like. That could uh, point towards it being improvised.
1: But we could just listen to something to hear Gary Moore. Uh, I think this is one of the his most earliest recordings, and, and he was just a teenager at this time. All right, let's listen
0: to Mar or Mar, maybe like C in Spanish. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Marvin.
1: Marvin. Mm. Yeah, it's a tribute. Pulbuli. <laughs> Pulbuli.
0: Ah, super peaked bass.
1: Dull sounding. Oh, you picked a country song. Okay. <laughs> this is by far the worst song of the album.
0: Uh, let's play for like 20 seconds more than I switch.
2: Don't ask me if I.
0: Okay. Uh, that's alright. I'll go for uh, lonesome still then. Oh. Kinda country too. <laughs> this is the country
1: song. Maybe this is the country
2: song. Oh my cooking. in the morning.
0: Watch, you gotta cook it. I'll try another one. Night of the Warm Witch, including something. It's old ball music. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. The hip hop wall guitar, or Enter Sandman. The uh, rhythm pattern is a bit erratic, which is intriguing somehow. Okay, so now that idea is scrapped. I <laughs> go for something different. You know, Voodoo Child or something. We couldn't get away with this today no one would listen but yeah, now I remember this this is the Jimi Hendrix scene now it's good So that was actually Gary Moore. That was That's Gary the Moore. really remarkable bit of that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, really weird. But uh, uh, Martin uh, later worked with Gary Moore on his first uh, solo album, Grinding Stone. Uh, a yeah. S- a few years later. A few years later. I think mm. it's 73 or something. Uh, but next up is a band from Switzerland who also went to Delane Lee to record in 1971 and came back in 72. A band called Toad. 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 That
0: I remember. That was pretty heavy.
1: Yeah, it's it's quite rough and uh, noisy. Almost
0: like a precursor to something like Sleep or something like that. Uh, I remember it.
1: You know, when I when I listened to it, I had I had heard of the name Toad, but I had never heard heard them actually heard Uh them. And I remember thinking my first impression was that this sounds like a band who would have a cult following in the early two thousands. Yeah, right. Just
0: because in that whole stone rock f-
1: phase, exactly, exactly,
0: medallion rock, we yeah. call it sometimes too.
1: Medallion rock,
0: medallion rock. The girls would have witches' hats and medallions on. Not that I mind that.
1: So, let, cool. so let's listen uh, to a bit of
0: uh, yeah, Sonar so rock. Tank '71. Tank by Toad. Let's see what that is all about.
1: Very loose. And this is one of among the first examples I've heard in his discography of recording a distorted bass. Ah. I knew Deep Purple used, but outside Deep Purple, mm-hmm. uh, this is one of the first. Pretty heavy. Yeah.
0: Not the drum sound I know him for. Not yet
1: you know I think often it back in these days it comes down to how good did the actual drums sound yeah and the drummer
0: yeah obviously but pretty cool let's listen to a bit of uh, pig's walk as well see what that's about okay we go super funk
1: (laughs) it's pretty good yeah I mean, it's not like my new favorite band, but I enjoy this. You could imagine a pretty good pre-party.
0: Yeah. Listen to this yeah. as you get going. You know. And now the bass is in the left. Yeah. I like the vocal,
1: basic. You know. On the second album. Uh, Tomorrow Blue, I think you could listen to a song called No Need, which is pretty good. No Need.
0: Tomorrow Blue. Toad. Good band name. Tomorrow Blue, song No Need, song number five. Presumably maybe the uh, ending of the first side. who knows? Could be. Now it's super jumpy.
1: Oh, it'd be nice to hear like a, a band like Clutch cover this. I think they would do it well. The original vocalist left after the first album, so now there's the like the guitar player and bass player doing the vocals. And I couldn't even tell. Really, it's the same basic rock, which I like, you know. Basic rock, rock you well
0: know. uh very Hendrix. I like it, I like this. Yeah, very groovy. The mix the mix is not interesting. It's not a cool mix or anything. It's nice heavy pan. And then it's just, you know, again, pretty humble vocal volume. I'm more yeah. impressed by the
2: band.
1: Yeah. I think it must have been quite a bit of a pressure, you know, you come from, you go from Switzerland all the way to England to record an album. And they, pre- I guess they don't have like weeks in the studio. They came in prepared more, yeah. more than likely. Yeah, they must have rehearsed like crazy.
0: And a bit psychedelic now. A bit of that toenail. It's a standout name, Toad from Switzerland. Yeah.
1: So we recall the first two albums uh, in 1971 and 72.
0: With different vocalists.
1: With different vocalists, yeah. And now we are heading into two albums, two different bands. And these these albums are from uh, 72, both of them. Mm -hmm. And as far as I have found in my research, these two... Must be the first where he's getting the producers uh, credits. Credits, and now we're in ahead of the previous producer credits. Yeah, because yeah. that was seventy three uh, right. for uh, the monkey cover. The monkey enjoying Jane. Yeah, mystery to me <laughs> and, mystery and to penguin. Me. By mystery Fleet to us all. It yeah. seems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. penguin. So, he was also the
0: producer for penguin. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just keeping 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 scores. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's good. So uh, I think. Uh, One of these albums is a bit remarkable in a strange kind of way. The the album is uh, by a band called Silverhead. Like I said, 1972. Uh, The album's name is the same title as the band. Uh, It's sort of, well, not sort of, it is glam rock. Quite
0: early glam rock.
1: Quite early. And uh, there is a song called Ace Supreme which has a very recognizable line about a minute and a half into it so I think we just listened to Ace Supreme Silverhead recorded and produced by Martin Birch this is the most rocking heard so far I would say bigger yeah. and the band Silverhead were put out on the Purple's label Purple Records mm.
0: Yeah, now he's getting into it. The mix is more mixy.
2: Motorcycle a no one. Look at that mother go.
0: Look at that mother go.
2: Motorcycle lover a no one. Look at that bike boy go. A supreme is a prince of his team. A supreme is a
1: I would say apparently this was the single from the album and by far this is the best song of the album. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of the vocalist though. It's kind of stupid sounding, yeah. but I can dig it. I can dig it.
0: And I like the drummer. Now we should all pay attention to uh, to the lyrics. Oh, here comes a motorcycle. In the
2: neck of the woods, she did him no good. She took his mind from his machine. In the neck of the woods, she did him no good. wipe this kick start clean. There we go. And where have we heard
1: that? It's very
0: likely that Steve was rocking out of this when he was he's writing he's one of, of my least favorite Maiden songs you. from Eternity.
1: Absolutely, I think one it's one on my bo- Bottom five, I'd say. Bottom
0: five, yeah, I will I will not uh, challenge you on that. I will agree. It's really
1: bad. I, I love that song. This is much better actually. L- they even rhyme a machine with clean. With clean? Kickstart clean. Which I is mean. the same like informative tone. Maybe
0: he had this laying around. Yeah. Or maybe he just had the same rhyming dictionary. Who knows? Who knows? The other album. Or maybe that... Martin Birch even just, uh, suggested. Okay. You want to rhyme? I got one for you. <laughs> kickstart clean. <laughs> it's quite specific. She
1: leaned over, wiped his
0: kickstart. Oh, it's clean. such a bad song. Ugh. Terrible.
1: Let's move ahead then. Yes. To Stray. Stray. Which is also known to Maiden fans because of. All in your mind. All in your mind. I'm going to exactly. keep hearing from you guys doing All in Your Mind. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Don't <laughs>
1: This is not the album. We're not going to listen to All In Your Mind, No, from the self-titled. Because he didn't record or produce that. He did an album called Saturday Morning Pictures, 1972. And he's a producer and engineer on this album. And like I said, I don't know which one of these he recorded first. Um, but uh, Silverhead and Stray, both these albums came out in 1972.
0: So should we listen to something of, of Saturday Morning Pictures?
1: We can do that. I have no suggestions.
0: Okay, I'll go by title.
1: I would say this. I I, I really dig the first stray album. I think it's great. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: Henry kind of really put it out there to me. Yeah. I knew it was stray. Yeah. That's as much as I knew. In those cover episodes. You've been on one. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the best one actually, best music-wise anyway. It was really good. <laughs> that one. We did uh that green weird cover.
1: Green weird cover. <sighs>
0: yeah like the name totally escapes me but it was cool proggy stuff anyway we did the king of twilight
1: yeah nectar
0: nectar yeah, yeah tab in the ocean tab in the ocean mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the album great album i've been listening mm-hmm. to the album but uh okay i'm gonna play stray i'm gonna play mr hobo because in in martin birch's version of here i go again, again
1: yeah
0: i'm a hobo i'm not a drifter not a drifter a hobo a hobo and stray right on the same page <laughs> mr hobo only 5,000 plays on Spotify. This is uh, diving deep. It's less than our bands. <laughs> there it is. Like yeah, that's a very little. Oh great
2: kick. And hey, Miss Hobo, watching up the Some too no jump. It reminds me of something. You gotta keep on moving, Whoa. you don't need out nowhere to Whoa. play. Yeah i sleeping around the hold the ground. Enough, you know, there's a no-go watch your game. Yeah.
0: Again with a pan bass.
2: Hey, Mr. Hobo, watch your a man a Hobo's roll.
0: Okay, I will try one more sample here. Queen of the Sea. Oh, cool strap. Big white drums. Probably not with that many mics. I guess we kind of get it. Maybe not as cool as the first tray.
1: No, 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 not nowhere near. But there was something
0: to be heard there. Yeah, it wasn't crap.
1: But it—it wasn't
0: that uh, Peter Green (laughs) 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 improvises.
2: That was crap.
1: But, and why, and but why compare it with crap. that? Yeah, it's true. Because it everything, yeah, everything is great. I guess I, I want Compa- to like
0: these guys, Stray, they, they, the kind of band that I initia- inst- instinctively yeah. would like to like. Yeah. Seems so like a good bunch of lads. Yeah, What would you say, Stray?
1: Uh, like I said before... I, would you wear a Stray T-shirt? Uh, if it was in the style of the first album sleeve, okay. I would. Yeah. But uh, like I said, when I've listened to other Stray albums, I, it haven't really struck a chord. When you played me. the
0: song, the tune All In Your Mind, mm-hmm. you did go for Stray more so than Iron Maiden, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. we did. Uh, so you we paid did... tribute to that band, Absolutely. more so than 99.99% of the human race. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, 5,000 plays yeah. <laughs> this week. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't
0: 5,000 plays bad or anything. I, I quite liked it.
1: Yeah. All right. But it's, it's, it's not that good.
0: A lot of these early miscellaneous stuff that we've been going through in this episode, mm. it sound, sounds pleasant, mm. but maybe not super intriguing. Would you agree with me on that?
1: I would totally you agree with that.
0: And where totally. do you want to send us
1: now? Uh, I want to, to talk about, about uh, a band called Flash flash it was the engineer and this is also 72 uh, and i don't say this is very very good uh, and i also the, this album flash it's the first album by this
0: band, by flash
1: uh, isn't on spotify okay it's, it's on youtube
0: worth a listen perhaps
1: yeah it is actually because it's quite funny so uh, it's a
0: common name though how do i find it do we have a song title because if I write Flash, Flash, I'm probably not going to get it.
1: Now, let's see, see if can find it. Find the whole
0: is now speaking in small Yeah,
1: I'm sorry. If you, if you search Flash, 1972 full album, you will get it. A... There we go. So a weird cover with a girl's arse. Mm-hmm. We hear distorted bass. Yep. At least overdriven. And we have a, a Dave Murray lead. Hammond organ.
0: Yeah. Playing in unison with the, the guitar. Kind of a Dave Murray legato. Good
2: drummer. Nice bass. You know
0: this is like a foreshadowing of a way he could handle Steve's bass. It's aggressive.
1: To me, to my ears, when I first heard this, it was like... Am I listening to Yes? um, And apparently I
2: have... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Don't let me interrupt you, but... uh, (laughs) uh, What we're listening to is the band that Tony Banks, who was at first in Yes, started after leaving Yes. So, so this guy, the guitar player, the original guitar player of Yes, He's here. is here and he starts another band that sounds like Yes, yeah, well, which is, to me at least, hilarious. Killing is my business and business is good. <laughs> the, the bass guitar sounds like Chris Squire bass.
0: Yeah, it does, totally.
1: That's why I like it. Did, did he go to the studio saying, I want to sound like... Uh, he told
0: the bass player, I want you to sound like Chris Squire. Yeah. Maybe he did. Kind of foreshadowing of the Steve Harris yeah. attack.
2: You're
0: it interesting enough for a listen yeah absolutely take your time and work it out yeah, yeah. Very, 70s. very 70s ultra 70s and
1: um well it's not much more to say about that he engineered that album that was in 1972
0: well, and he is he in the um, lane lee <sighs>
1: uh could be in wembley but i don't okay. know in the wembley uh, uh delaney studio Kingsway started in 71, so if it was recorded in Delaney Lee in 72, it must have been at Wembley. The Wembley facilities. Mm, And
0: not in the previous facility bought by Gillen.
1: No, No. exactly.
0: Okay. We're getting the mental map here. (laughs) We're getting it. It's a lot of info here. I think our coming episodes are going to be slightly less chaotic, I think. I think. There's, There's a lot of things happening in the way beginning, but it's all quite interesting, I
1: think. Yeah. So in 72, he recorded someone called Nick Pickett. I have no idea what that is. Uh, He recorded something by a guy called Earl Jordan. I have not found this anywhere. Uh, uh, And in 74, he did something uh, (laughs) with uh, uh, a man called Adam Faith. Adam Faith. Adam Faith had apparently been some sort of uh, uh, top of the pops artist in the 60s. Okay.
0: Making his return return to the studio.
1: And on this uh, on this recording from 1974, Martin Birch has engineer engineer/guitar uh, credit. Then we must listen. We must listen and we shall listen to a song called I Survive by Adam Faith.
0: Sounds like a gospel setup.
1: And the thing is I will survive. The thing is the, the intro to this song is extremely different from the rest of the album.
0: extremely different
1: faith Faith.
0: okay found Uh it found it exciting to hear and i
1: think you will recognize the guitar player doing his thing
0: being uh, martin
1: björk Um, no not martin björk okay (laughs) oh
0: yeah all right yeah i remember now so matthias played this to me previously saying that i would recognize the guitarist and i did recognize it's Richard Blackmore. <laughs> it's Richard Blackmore. I really did. I mean, obviously now I know, so I can't pretend that I don't. But first time, uh, yeah, I noticed that it was him because I had recently listened to the Purple podcast doing the pre the Purple stuff with him, and the style is very recognizable. Yeah, and also very good. But this is from 1974, so it's this is post. But he still has that style. He's coming back to his studio and studio guitarist. Quite western.
1: Wasn't he still in? Purple in '74. Yeah, I think it was. It must have been. This is before he Rainbow. Did burn, yeah. Yeah.
0: He did Stormbringer. I keep forgetting that he did Stormbringer because he hates Stormbringer.
1: But yeah, he's good. He's good here too. Triumphant. But why, if, if we just jump forward and listen to the rest of the song, uh-huh. this is like this is, it, is it a Richie Blackmore feature. It's just him. Yeah, but why? <laughs> <laughs> well, this sounds we got him in the studio... They must have gotten him there for- to record this, but why? Because the rest of the album is way different.
0: It's like... I think they just wanted to make use of whatever they caught with him playing.
1: I, I think they just want to mess with people's minds.
0: Yeah, because now we got another thing coming. Entirely.
1: And this might be Martin Burch playing the acoustic guitar.
0: I, I could imagine that. It's great playing. Rhythmically on point. Cute piano. Nice sounding drum. Best snare drum so far this day. For sure. This is a good snare drum. It's getting towards that uh, assault attack snare. For the first time. <laughs> the best one. That's a, that's a really good snare. <laughs>
1: that's a good snare.
0: <laughs> but you're getting a bit of the depth here. Oh, you know, A lot of breath. Really good sounding snare.
1: And the rest of the album is not in the style of Richard Blackmore and an orchestra. Well, we're already not in the style of him here. Yeah.
0: Like, he only did that intro, yeah. I think. And then they were happy that, whoa, Richard did an intro. Because he's clearly not playing now. Clearly not. No. However, Martin, Martin Björk, Martin Birch is playing here, I think. Quite, pretty cute. Pretty good. Good sounding. The snare make note listener that snare you will hear it again in a few examples maybe not in this episode but coming up a big breathy nicely tuned heavy snare Mm -hmm. quite heavy like there's a bit of a 350 hertz kind of in there and then also that slightly higher frost in there as well good snare
2: It's tough
1: We're getting near the end of this episode. Yes. And uh, like I said, he recorded stuff that I can't find. He recorded someone called Richard Kerr. I couldn't find the album that he did. Uh, I listened to other stuff by this Richard Kerr, and it sounds like Barry Manilow pop something. Okay. Uh, not worth. It. But uh, again, I couldn't find the actual recording that he did. Mm-hmm. But I found one thing which stood out quite a bit, and that was uh, the only like pure pop recording I could find with Martin Birch credits and that's an artist named Nina Nina and the song is titled Other Side of Me and this is from 1974 and it's just a single
0: not to be confused with a uh, 99 Luftballon
1: no, that's Nina
0: you know well this is different
1: not to be confused
2: with
0: my... my Luftballons. <laughs> oh yeah, this one, I remember. This is very nice. Everything is clean and punchy. Transients for days. Now there we go, the marimba. And good acoustic playing as well. Great sounding. What year was this again? 74 here so on my birth. birth. He's coming into form here. Yeah. of your birth. You were more than thought of. You were an actuality.
2: Yeah.
0: You were a promising young lad. <laughs> Not yet impressive. Not yet impressive. That was to be.
2: <laughs> and again,
1: very nice strings. Very Lovely. nice. This is super impressive to me anyway.
2: I'm guessing
0: great performances, but also very well utilized by him yeah. in the in the mix. Well, did he have credits for production here? I don't know. Okay. Uh,
1: I know he has uh, engineering credits. All right. But not more than that.
0: Who knows if that floats into the mix or not? But this is a great mix. Maybe the best so far today. Because uh, by the this lovely mix in 74, is, I, the power four,
1: yeah. and it's not even aggressive. No, very good. By this time in 74 he had made himself a bit of a name, uh, of course working with Deep Purple, yeah. but for this audience I guess he was more known uh, for his work with Fleetwood Mac. So, yeah, and it's more of that sound perhaps yeah, too. Absolutely.
0: I like how we can make soft-sounding instruments, clean-sounding instruments punchy. Mm-hmm. And this song has that, otherwise it wouldn't have any pop mm-hmm. if it was just you know, nice and uh, mellow. There is a bit of punch to the guitar. Especially the guitar, I would say. I like it a lot.
1: So I think this will conclude the episode of our Martin Birch special. The weird cuts, really, wasn't it? Yeah, weird. Things. The odd cuts, like none
0: of these have any impressive amounts of place on Spotify not really nope. again about our band level yeah we, i mean the fleetwood mac songs that's true that's yeah. millions yeah. That's millions that was probably the biggest of of this yeah. of this bunch so what can we expect for for the future of, of this uh, this is actually like a podcast in itself it's the martin birch podcast <laughs> it really is yeah uh, we've been pretty complete so for next
1: uh, episode we're going to to talk and listen to the purple and related the Purple and Related. Let's look forward to that. Yeah. I, and do. I think we will talk a bit about Wishbone Ash. Because oh. there is a Deep Purple connection to Wishbone Ash. He didn't do Argus, right?
0: He did. He did do Argus. He did. And that was this era.
1: It was 72, uh, uh, I think, yeah, yeah. earlier.
0: So we will start, we will still be in the early 70s when we start yeah. the next one. Yeah, of course we will. Or even the late 60s. Oh, well, still, we haven't covered them. We covered basically nothing. And we listen to a lot of music.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, that's how it is. Should we do um, a sign-off? Yeah. Should we do the normal one or should we we have a special Martin Birch uh, podcast? Martin Birch A to Z sign-off.
1: What would that be? Um, I
0: don't know. Squall from the North is the one slogan I ever came up with. Yeah. And it's a pretty okay slogan. So if you say? Um, I would say up the birches. (laughs) And then you can just do the normal one. So, uh,
1: up the birches. (laughs) And Squall from the North. Perfect.
2: <laughs> Marvin, I had a said <laughs> in it.